You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast, episode 22. On today's podcast, I'm interviewing a guest who first started in e-commerce in 2002. So you can only imagine how much knowledge he has on everything from picking the right product to creating a website that converts and running an e-commerce business. So grab a pen and a notebook. You're going to need it for this one. We'll see you there. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I am super excited to welcome today's guest. He doesn't know it yet, but he's actually our first male interviewee on the podcast. So I'll just get into a little bit of an introduction about him shortly. But firstly, I just want to touch base with everybody and see how your March went. If you haven't joined yet, head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash brave and boss entrepreneurs and join our Facebook group. It is free to join and it's a community of like-minded entrepreneurs in there. And we often get into just fun discussions about different types of e-commerce strategies and HR and all that good stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but March was a bit of a garbage fire for me. The changes with Facebook ads internally, we had a lot of HR issues at Encircled and just falling behind on lots of stuff. It feels like 2020 is creeping into 2021, at least for me. So if you're looking to get back on track, I encourage you to really take notes on this episode because our guest has spun up quite a few different brands on the e-commerce platforms. And he's actually been involved in e-commerce since 2002, which is crazy. So we'll get into all of that. But first, I want to introduce today's guest, Matt Edmondson. So Matt is a real world e-commerce entrepreneur and coach and creator of the Jam Jar course and the e-commerce masterclass. His goal is to show aspiring entrepreneurs sure and simple steps to getting a digital business off the ground and seasoned entrepreneurs on how to take their business to the next level. Matt has a podcast as well. The e-commerce podcast, we'll put a link in the show notes to it. He's also an operational e-commerce CEO. So Matt is like basically my double. He works as a coach and runs an e-commerce business, which is actually a very rare combination in the coaching sphere. So he's CEO of the Jersey Company, a group of health, wellness, and beauty companies that deliver products and services to over 120,000 loyal customers. This includes the e-commerce business Jersey Beauty Company, which went online in 2006 and since then has achieved global sales of $75 million. Oh my gosh, I am so excited to welcome today's guest to the show. Please join me in welcoming Matt Edmondson. All right, I am really excited to formally introduce you to today's guest, Matt Edmondson. Matt is an e-commerce entrepreneur, operator, and coach, and he's actually doesn't know this yet, but he's our first male guest on the show. Oh, wow. So welcome, Matt, to the show. No pressure then. <laughs> Thought I'd drop that one on you. So <laughs> let's start off with an intro. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like who you are, what you do, and what your why is? Sure, absolutely. Firstly, thanks for having me on the show, Christy. It's great to be here. Totally looking forward to seeing where this conversation goes. 
So, yeah, and we were just joking, weren't we, before we started talking. I'm like a version of you, but maybe the male <laughs> form. I run my own e-commerce businesses, have done since 2002. And um, I think I'm now at about 20, 20 businesses sort of bought, sold or uh, still running. Um, and out of that started doing some e-commerce coaching. Out of that started doing some online courses. And then out of that, we just thought, well, let's do the whole hog and do a podcast as well. So I think you and I are, are kind of like twins somehow in, a, in an alternate universe. Across the pond, yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Different accent, but you know. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's, I mean, being in e-commerce since 2002 is super interesting to me because obviously you've seen it change quite a bit. Like what are some of the key things that you've seen that have changed, I guess, in the industry? And what are some things that have stayed the same throughout that time? That's a great question. I think there's a lot that has changed. Technology has changed. I mean, technology has changed massively. You know, it's now harder to do paid media, for example. It's You didn't have Facebook in 2002 doing paid ads. And, you know, there's the way you generate traffic, I think, has subsequently changed a lot. But actually, the principles are, are pretty much the same. I need to have a great product to sell. I need to have a website to sell it on. I need people to come to my website and convert into buyers. And I need a, a really interesting customer service program to keep them coming back time and time again. And so the principles themselves, I think, are pretty much identical. Mm -hmm. The method in which we achieve those things, I think, has changed. It changed dramatically across a whole range of things. But yeah, I think the fundamentals are still there. You know, I still go to bed and wake up richer than when I went to sleep. It's um, it's quite a nice feeling. Somebody somewhere in the middle of the night whilst I'm asleeping is buying off one of my websites, which has always intrigued me. <laughs> so how many active e-commerce businesses do you currently have? I know you mentioned you had 20 in total that you've started and sold. So what are you kind of managing right now actively? Yeah, there are three e-commerce companies now that I'm actively involved with. So that keeps me busy. They range from a beauty company, to which I never thought I'd get into, but somehow find myself running a beauty company. We've got a, a sort of a plant-based nutrition company as well, as well as a makeup company. And so um, they're the three things that I'm, I'm focused in on right now. And what, how do you, because you mentioned something really interesting, which I think is a pretty timeless principle across starting a business in general, but how do you determine if you have a great product to sell? Because you're you're currently involved in three categories, which you just admittedly said aren't are probably not your like core zones of genius. So how did you get involved in those categories? And how did you know that you had a product that would be have a really great product market fit? Sure. I, again, another fantastic question. I, and I think for me, this is the heart of e-commerce. Um, and I think actually answering this question, how do I know if I've got a great product to sell, is the first question you've got to ask before building a website, before doing anything else. And so, yeah, it's it's been a question which has haunted me for a little while. And the only way I know how to answer that question is if I draw, in effect, a little, if, if you can picture this in your mind's eye, drawing four quadrants on a piece of paper. So a vertical line and then a mm -hmm. horizontal line that kind of goes halfway through it, mm -hmm. which gives you the four quadrants. And on the vertical line, I want to put um, knowledge. And on the horizontal line, I want to put demand. Or you can do it the other way around. The vertical line could be demand, the other line could be knowledge. But in effect, these are two things that I fundamentally think I need to find a good product to sell. So when I'm looking at products, you know, if I'm brainstorming new products, different product ideas, I'm going to plot those products on that graph. I want to know the answer to two questions. How much do I know about this product and how much demands do this product have? OK, mm. so that for me is the starting place. So 
if I take something like beauty products, I didn't realize this quadrant at the time. <laughs> I just didn't, right? But that, you know, is more by look than judgment. Can I say a lot of this stuff, Christy, I've learned over the years. Mm-hmm. Of <laughs> Sometimes you just have to start lucky, right? Yeah. But I kind of look at something like beauty and I go, well, is this a high demand product? Yes. How do I know that? Well, I can see, for example, uh, I can look at Amazon. Amazon is a great place to look at sales data Mm -hmm. and I can track on Amazon if they're selling the product and I can look at the reviews and I can see what people are writing and so on and so forth. The, The second question though, is not just, is this a product that's in demand, but how much do I know about this product? Uh, and at the time, I knew very little about beauty products. And so the question then becomes, well, can I learn about them? Because mm-hmm. here's the thing that differentiates me from every other salesperson out there selling stuff online is not just the product. It's how much I know about the product. It's how much I care about the product. It's how mm-hmm. good of a story I can tell around that product that engages you know, the visitors that I get to my website. And so knowledge about a product becomes super important. So if there's a product that has high demand, but I don't know anything about it, well, can I learn about it? Yes or no. And how long is that going to take? Or maybe there's a product I know a lot about, but actually has very low demand. And that's where a lot of people kind of think, well, this would be a good product to sell online because I know a lot about it. But actually, Mm -hmm. if the demand's not there, no one will end up buying it. It becomes really hard to make that sale. So for me... Mm This is a rather long answer to your question. It's the intersection between knowledge and demand. I mean, that's a great explanation. Thank you for going so in depth with that. I think that's really helpful. And I'm sure all of us have experienced the <laughs> launching a product where, <laughs> you know, we love the product and we're really knowledgeable about it and then it doesn't sell. You know, we've had that experience somewhat recently on our site with a design that was created. Whereas last year, you know, we came out with non medical masks at the beginning of the pandemic and literally could not keep them in stock for like longer than an hour on our website. So that was like the far end of the spectrum where you're getting like 90% of your sales from organic search traffic, which is like the goal, Um, but not always always the reality, as you mentioned, like I love myself a quadrant because I used to work in management consulting. So we use a lot of quadrants to explain (laughs) to people, but, and they're a very basic tool, but they're often underutilized because Mm -hmm. like you said at the beginning, I think too, you know, e-commerce fundamentals are very basic, but sometimes I think we overcomplicate them as entrepreneurs, which I love that you went back to that storytelling aspect, which I definitely want to dig into a little bit more. I was just listening to a podcast with Moise Ali. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the founder of Native Deodorant, which okay. was sold to P&G for $100 million. So he ran oh, it as an e-commerce. Not a bad, that's not a bad, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not a bad exit. <laughs> yeah, he ran it for two years. Super interesting guy. Doesn't come from a deodorant background, but saw much like what you said, a product need in the market and fulfilled it. And he talks a lot about like how to talk about your product online. So I see this as like a bit of a pain point with our listeners as well, is that we're so passionate about our products, but we tend to like frame it often in what we think is most important about the product versus what the customer is really looking for. So can you tell me a little bit more about how you view storytelling around product? Like how do you come up with that product pitch or that brand pitch so that you're really connecting it deeply to the customer, not yourself? Yeah, again, fundamental, uh, as you said, Christy, I think the thing that we do or the thing that I do when it comes to product descriptions, and it's actually it's quite it's the easiest thing in the world to do is you've got to tell the story of your product from, like you said, from your customer's point of view. 
Okay. Not from your point of view, because you already know the product. You're already passionate about it. You're like two years in front of your prospective customer. They've, they've got to catch up with your knowledge. So how do we do that? How do we rail in our enthusiasm to actually get to what customers care about? And so the, the thing that I do is I again turn to Amazon. Mm. And as much as I, I have ethical issues about Amazon, what <laughs> Amazon is, is, is a great resource for e-commerce entrepreneurs. All you've got to do is go find your product on Amazon or a very similar product and read the customer reviews. Mm. Okay. Read the five-star reviews, the four-star, the three-star, the two-star, the one-star. Read all of those reviews. And what you're going to do very quickly is you're going to understand the language you're going to understand key pain points. You're going to understand um, what customers like about the product. You're going to understand phrases that they use to explain their frustrations or their happiness. Mm -hmm. And so when you're telling the story, guess what? You're going to use those phrases exactly as they've written it on Amazon's website. You're going to use those phrases to describe your product. You're going to use emotions and feelings they use to describe the pain or the benefit that people are going to get from using your product. So just reading the reviews on Amazon and any of your competitor websites is, for me, is fundamentally eye-opening in mm -hmm. terms of how your customers think about your product, as well as if you're established online yourself, you're going to read your own customer reviews and your own customer testimonials. Yeah, that's such a good point. We often use our own, app, like in Facebook ads, we'll use our customer testimonials and basically mm -hmm. not putting them directly in the ad necessarily, though we sometimes do that, but usually just like taking that language because yeah. I find the way customers talk about our ads, like I think is a really good example with my brand, I think I've shared on this podcast, but if not, it's quality. So for me, quality clothing is like a non-negotiable because that's what we make. But I often forget that that's not non-negotiable in the industry and that there's a lot of really poor quality clothing out there. So yeah. that's something we never talk about in ads, actually. But through reading customer reviews on our website, I was like, whoa, that's like the number one thing that keeps coming up with people is how like, well, these wash and wear, you know, we really need to start talking about that because that might be something that resonates. So mm -hmm. I totally agree. I think that's such a great, I've never thought of going on to Amazon for that, but I think I mean, just given the volume on there, it would be a great resource or competitive websites as well. That's such a great tip. Thank you. I'm going to use no that problem. myself. <laughs> yeah, do it. Be prepared because you'll be there for hours. <laughs> uh -oh. And you'll be like, and it's a mixture of pulling your hair out. Like, why do you think that way versus this is incredible <laughs> copy stuff. I don't have to buy a copy, uh, hire a copywriter now. I can just copy and paste and just use some of this information. It's great. Yeah, no, that's so great. I mean, I think copywriting is an area I personally struggle with. And I know that a lot of our audience does because again, we're really embedded with the product and we don't speak about it in the way that a consumer would understand. And, and it gets even worse when you involve like, you know, technical people in the brand, because then they're talking about things that nobody would ever use in consumer everyday language. So I can totally appreciate getting that conversational language from customers being like a bit of a game changer for sure. So tell me what other things, you know, you've had a lot of success in e-commerce. So you're obviously really knowledgeable about what makes an e-commerce site great. So can you give us a few tips maybe on what are some key things that every good e-commerce site needs to have or do? Well, I think every e-commerce site needs to focus on six things fundamentally. And so if I'm looking at my sites, if I'm looking at client sites, I have this six item checklist, if you like, in my head mm -hmm. uh, that I'm always going down. And so the first one we've talked about is product. It's like, how in demand is this product? You know, we've fundamentally got to have a product that people want to buy. 
And if I know about it, that's going to help me answer customer questions. It's going to help me give great copy on the website. So we, you know, we've talked about that. The second one is the website itself. Actually, does that make sense? Not just for me, but for my customers. So I've seen a lot of websites where they look pretty or they're designed nice or they're just a straightforward, say, Shopify website. But the way they're laid out, the way they function doesn't make sense for the industry that they're in, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So uh, you sell clothing and the way you sell clothing online will be different to how I would sell, say, beauty products online. Mm-hmm. And we have similar clients. Do you know what I mean? It's similar people yeah. buying, but the way I would do it would be would be different. And understanding those subtleties and what works for your customers is really, really important. So making the best website experience for your customer, I think, is super, super important. Um, and that doesn't mean it has to be expensive. It just means you have to have thought about it. So that goes from everything, you know, making sure that uh, the navigation's clear and easy, that the, you know, that what we call the hero image on the home page, probably the most prime real estate mm-hmm. space you've got, actually makes sense for your market, for your customer who you're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. So once you've got through that, the third step we always look at is what I call resonate. And this is all about engagement. In other words, you've got your website, you've got your technology, how engaging is it? And mm-hmm. so it's a really obvious question to ask, but Christy, let me ask you, actually, you've got an e-commerce website mm-hmm. and this is not a trick question, but what is <laughs> the fundamental purpose your website exists for? I mean, to convert to a purchase. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> You'll be amazed how many e-commerce websites I look at and you're like, if your primary objective is to get me to buy something, you've done a really lousy job. Right. Of that. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The next question though, which is, I think is a fascinating question What's the second objective of your website? Mm, I feel like I'm going to get this wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just a really interesting question. I mean, the secondary objective of our website is really to get people into like our emails so Mm -hmm. that we can kind of nurture them to become customers. So to kind of warm up the audience and teach them about the brand. That's ex- that's exactly what I would have said. See, we're twins. Or <laughs> it's exactly it's genuinely what I would have said is you know. But my primary motivation for e-commerce is obviously to get buyers for my website. Is to get buyers. The second thing my website needs to do: if I can't convert someone to buy, can I convert them to give me their email address so I can on-ramp them, stay connected with them, help them on their journey, answer their questions, not just spam them because that's mm-hmm. not going to work. But do you know what I mean? How can I help them on their journey? And if I look at 99% of websites that sell product online, and if I, if you were to ask me, are they optimized to get people's email addresses? The answer would be no. Mm. So if I look at your website, how are you gathering email addresses? How are you helping people on their journey to buy the products from you? All of those people that aren't ready to buy, which is normally about 97% of people online searching anymore. They're just not ready. Right. So how do I help them on that journey? Um, how do I get their email address? How do I maybe engage them in something like a Facebook group or whatever makes sense for your customer, your industry? How do I do that? Mm-hmm. And am I doing that on my website? So that for me is all around engagement and conversion. We then move into traffic. So how do I get people to come to my website? This is my fourth area. And the, the standard rhetoric, of course, is Facebook ads and Google ads, especially if you're new. But I think mm-hmm. you can actually be much more inventive than that way more inventive, especially if you're starting out, you know, we built a beauty product without any ad spend on Twitter. And what we did was we just literally went on Twitter 
and we set up just a little notification saying, let me know when anybody uses this term on Twitter. You can do it in software like Hootsuite and stuff. Yeah. And so when, you know, people would write on Twitter, oh, my skin's a bit dry today, because it's amazing what people write on social media, right, which yes. you can access. And so we were like, okay, Susan over here has said her skin's dry. So literally we would sit there and we would send out a message to Susan on Twitter going, oh, sorry to hear about your skin. Listen, we've got some samples of a product which we think is going to absolutely revolutionize your skincare. Would love to send them to you free of charge. Mm. Just head on over to this page and use this coupon code and we'll make sure you get them for free. Would love to know what you think. Any questions, let me know, right? And so we just did something as simple as that. I can tell you now, everybody we contacted on Twitter, just about 98% of them went, oh, heck yes, free product. I'm loving that. And because we engage them in conversation, a lot of those then go on to buy. And so we didn't spend a single penny on ads. We just literally were sat there on Twitter. So there are many ways, I think, that you can get traffic to your website. It doesn't always have to involve money. That said, a good Facebook ads campaign is worth its weight in gold. True. True. So it swings and roundabouts. So that's our fourth element. The fifth element that we think about when it comes to building a great e-commerce business is what I call the customer experience. So here's the thing, right? And you'll know this as well as I do. When everybody comes to your website, they're looking at your website, they're browsing, they've maybe seen a Facebook ad, they've sort of come along, they've had a look around, they like how that particular clothing item looks on a model, have you got in my size? Yes. Awesome. Do you do money back free returns? Yes. Okay, great. So the risk is low. So I've now bought the product. Okay. So what happens the minute after somebody has purchased the product from your website? And this for me is again, one of these big areas that people neglect because it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, well, the hard work is getting someone to buy. And actually Mm -hmm. I don't think it is. I think the hard work is creating a great customer experience after they've purchased. Right. Um, Because this is where you'll in effect build a business that really is going to be around for the long term versus the short term. Right. It's, it's what you do in that process. So there's sort of the post purchase experience. What does that look like for you? And for me, this includes who we use to do shipping. Do they Mm -hmm. represent our brand? Well, do they have the similar sort of values that we have? Do they turn up on time? Do they notify customers when a parcel is coming? What happens if they're not in? What kind of state does a parcel turn up in? You know, it it speaks about um, how quickly we get the parcel out. It talks about what our customer service is like. It talks about our post-purchase email sequences that we send out to onboard people. So there's a whole bunch of things to think about with the post-purchase experience. And then the final element I think of e-commerce is what I call the yo-yo. So this is where you want to build a business that is repeatable and Mm. referable. Okay. The two key words, repeatable, i.e. people can come back from you time and time again, and they buy more and more products. They stay connected with you. Um, And referable in the sense of you've got something about you, your values, your company that instantly makes everybody want to refer you to their friends. Mm -hmm. They've caught your message and your values in such a way that they're, they're willing to tell their friends about you. And building that repeatability and referability is, I guess, why we've been around since 2002. You know, it's, it's been one of the things that we focused on. So you build a, a long-term business rather than a, a short-term sort of firework explosion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, you've given some really great tips there. I, I feel like I could talk to you for an hour about all of these, <laughs> but I would just want to focus in on a few of them, I think, where I know my audience would have some follow-up questions for sure. Can we talk a little bit more about email? Because 
well, I think if you browse my website, you know, I have an email marketing course, which um, teaches a lot about email. And I'd be curious to hear your perspective on, you know, opt-ins and pop-ups. Like what have you found that works really well for that email capture when somebody's come on site and maybe they're not making a purchase to really get them into the funnel? Like, do you traditionally use like discounts? Are you using other kind of incentives like free samples? Like what's worked best for you in your experience? Great question. I think for me, I avoid discounts. And I'll tell you why. It's hard to come back from being known as a discount brand. And if, to be fair, if that's, your, if that's your marketing position, then that's what you would offer. I think being known as a discount brand is, is a race to the bottom in some respects. You've, you've really got to know that market quite well. So I tend to avoid discounts. The way I think you, well, the way I think that you should do it, the way that we do it, is we look for ways to add value. Mm-hmm. So how do I increase value? So if I'm not going to give you, say, 20 bucks of my money, but you want me to give you my email address, well, in some respects, for a lot of people, their email address is worth more than the 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not it's not a cheap and easy thing that you're going to get out of people. So you've got to give them something of insane value to get them to give you their email address and permission to market to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how do you do that? How do you add value? Well, you can do things like gift with purchase, like, hey, give us your email address or join our VIP club and get a gift with purchase with your next order or something like that. Mm-hmm. I tend to avoid, like I say, that, you know, give us your email address and we'll give you 10% off your first purchase because when I come back the second time, I'm going to be like, I don't get 10% off or do I get 10% mm. off if I try and reuse that code? I'm going to feel cheated a little bit. And so you're not building that repeatability aspect of it by discount. Code. Right. But I came across a site the other day, which I thought was brilliant. Actually, it, they did it really well. It was a, it was a plant website mm-hmm. and it just had at the bottom of the screen, click here to download our, well, how did they phrase it? Do you regularly kill houseplants? Question mark. <laughs> Click here to, to read our top 10 tips on, uh, you know, how to stop killing your houseplants or something like that. And it made me laugh when I read it. And I'm like, they're talking to me. Mm-hmm. They're using humor. I'm interested in that. And so the way that they set it up was, listen, give us your email and we will send out a sequence to you, you know, with a tip each day on how to keep your houseplants thriving and healthy. And I thought it was really, really cleverly done. So there, uh, there were a website which was selling plants. They addressed the key condition, the key complaint anybody who buys house plants has, mm-hmm. especially if you're me. And that is, <laughs> I'm going to buy that plant and I'm going to kill it in two weeks' time, right? So <laughs> they were like, "Let us help you not do that." And so once I'd got the confidence that I wasn't going to kill that house plant. I'm then going to go and buy from them. So how do you add value? How do you address the key concerns that your customers have when they come to your website? What's the key objection stopping them buying? What could you do around that that gives an insane level of value, which would enable you to get their email address out of them and perhaps help them on their purchasing decision? Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like we are definitely <laughs> in line with this one. I love giving value adds or PDFs or video series or something like that, which is often yeah. you see in service-based businesses, you don't see it in product-based, but I think it is a big game changer. And we actually recently at Encircled, we used to have the style quiz that was like our prominent opt-in mm-hmm. and it 
did really well, but it was very out of date because it was pre-pandemic. So a lot of questions would be like, you know, what do you wear at your office? Like, what's the first thing you do when you roll into your office? It's like nobody's rolling into their office right now for the next little while. So we actually swapped it out, interestingly, (laughs) with a 10% off. And the 10% off does not convert as well. That's interesting. It the welcome series converts better, mm-hmm. but from an email acquisition standpoint, it actually doesn't convert as well. So we would be much better off having a better value add opt-in and putting a 10% off coupon in the welcome series as like a surprise gift or something like that. But that was an interesting test for me. Like I'm a big fan of testing things to see if they work out and measuring them and stuff like that. And I think that finding that ideal opt-in is such a game changer. And I've also, there's a plant website here. I'm also a plant killer. <laughs> so, and it really resonated with me. And they have a quiz on like which plant type is ideal for your lifestyle. And same thing. It's like, you know, you want a high maintenance plant, you know, you want to be like spraying it with water every day, or you want something you just like, remember that you have something alive in your house and you have to water it every now and like month or two. And I thought that was really clever as well. So I'm totally with you that there's a lot you can do there in terms of a creativity aspect. And then I've even found that like some of those opt-ins can go viral if they are that good. Um, Mm. People will share them and say like, you got to check this out. Yeah, we totally right. We had an opt-in that went totally viral. I mean, crazy thousands of people went after it within like a few hours. It was was just incredible. We did this thing on the website where we sell professional skincare on one of our websites and they give us, the brands give us like these free sample sachets to put in every order. Mm -hmm. And so we did this opt-in whereby you could define or, you know, design your skincare routine using a, a sort of a questionnaire type thing and get the samples, but we would send them to you for free. In fact, no, we didn't send them for free. We charged £2.49 for shipping, Um, but the samples themselves were free. And we put the £2.49 in there just because I think in all of these things, it's good to have a bit of skin in the game sometimes. Yeah. And the £2.49 would be a barrier to stop nine out of 10 people going for it. And only the serious people would apply. But yeah, people heard about this and it, we, yeah, within like a matter of less than an hour, we'd sold out of samples. And let me tell you when... (laughs) We have a lot of samples in our warehouse. That was wow. a lot of packages we had to get through. Oh my gosh. Hopefully you had some interns to help you ship those. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a great intern task. <laughs> I, well, to be honest with you, Christy, I have kids. Okay. And so, yeah, yeah my teenagers, Saturday job <laughs> down there at the warehouse, picking and packing. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> great. The other thing I want to just delve into a little bit more that I thought was super interesting, because I know a lot of our listeners are really scared about what's happening with Facebook ads and the iOS 14 updates. And I know March has been like a little wonky for a lot of people with ads as well. We're thinking because of a lot of those changes that has happened. So you mentioned this Twitter campaign, which I think is super interesting. So what other marketing tactics have you seen be really successful for driving low cost or free traffic that you've used in the past? Yeah, I like like I say, social media is a great and it doesn't have to be just Twitter. You can join all kinds of groups, can't you? As long as you're not coming across as spammy, you can mm-hmm. connect with people. I think where can you reach out to people? Right. Because mm-hmm. fundamentally, people buy people. Even on your website, this is one of the ways you can differentiate from Amazon is um if you put your photo, your story on there in a way that's compelling to the customer, your values, the reason why you started the business, your why, what you're doing. Well, people are buying from you a face rather than just this corporation that's possibly avoiding tax somewhere. And so 
it's kind of it's an interesting one, isn't it? And I think where can you go where people can connect with you? What can you do that can do that? And there's a whole bunch of strategies that you can do around that. Some are short term, just like reaching out to people on social media. Some are medium term. So maybe doing a, a live stream every day uh, on Facebook or something like that. I think the the live stream for me is one of the big things. Mm. Um, YouTube is a massive deal. Uh, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. People now are consuming video like it's going out of fashion. I can't remember the last time I actually read anything in any depth on the web versus watching the video explain it to me. You just click on it, right? So if I'm selling clothing, I want to have not just a photo of that clothing. I want to have a video that people can watch. What does it look like when someone, you know, walks out the front door of the house wearing that thing? Whatever the key questions people have about that particular item of clothing, well, let's do that on video. Let's do a little live stream where we talk about it. And um, I think for me, video is a massive thing. How you can, because you instantly can connect with people over video in, in a ways that you've never done before. Okay. And I'd say one of the other surprising ways is, and maybe you've discovered this, Christy, is podcasting. It's mm. the most extraordinary, underrated lead generation tool that I've come across in a long time. So you've got a podcast, I've got a podcast, and it's, and the people that you connect with, the people that you reach that reach out to you as a result of your podcast has always astounded me in a way, you know, it enables you to reach people that you could never, ever meet, especially if you sell high value items. So I think about a, a chap who came to see me. He wanted to start a business that was going to reach out to local business leaders in the Liverpool region, which is where I live right now, mm-hmm. in the Liverpool business city region. He wanted to reach out to them. And he was having no success. He was like calling the companies, wanting to speak to them. The secretary was like, there's no way you're speaking to them. Do you know what I mean? They have these gatekeepers. Cold calling just was not working for them. Emails wasn't working. Letters weren't working. And so he was like, what do you do in that situation? And so I was like, dude, to start a podcast, literally to start a podcast and call Mm -hmm. it, you know, something funky like Cityscape doing business in Liverpool or something like that. Call the business up and say, listen, you've got a local podcast and you want to feature their business. It's totally free. You just want to interview their CEO because you've heard many great things about them. Nine times out of 10, they will come on your podcast (laughs) because (laughs) why would they not, right? They're going to come onto the podcast. You're going to get an hour with them in in a level of conversation, which you would never get if you're going to cold call them, they're going to share that podcast out with their friends. So instantly they've got your name. And so if you've got a good sort of system for onboarding those leads, I think, yeah, it's, um, there's so many cool things you could do with a podcast. I love that. You know, I thought about doing a podcast for my e-commerce business and every time I think about it, I'm like, oh no, another podcast, but it is such a good way. It's such a good way to like connect with other brands and to get your message out there. Cause really it just mm-hmm. takes your time and a little bit of money for editing and stuff like that. But um, you can definitely connect one-on-one with other brands, which it can be really successful too. If you want to do collaborations or giveaways and you're right, like you know, who says no to being on a podcast? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No one does, right? No yeah, one. And exactly. we've had people come on the show and they share it out with 40,000 people. And it's an audience I never would have been able to reach. Yeah. Um, and we did a podcast uh, for our beauty business. So it doesn't have to be just, you know, oh, like cool. business services. We did it. We did a podcast for years for our beauty business and then it moved over to live stream. And that, we stopped doing that like three years ago. I wish we'd carried it on because I still get people contacting me as a result of that podcast. Oh, really? Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's a brilliant, brilliant tool. 
So I want to be respectful of your time. So we have about, I guess, like five or 10 minutes left. So let's talk a little bit about you. Like, what are you working on right now? I know you're a coach and you have a couple of e-commerce businesses and your podcast. Do you want to talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, the podcast is is one of my favorite projects just because you get to meet some amazing people. Uh, just, you know, like being on this show, chatting to you, it's great. Um, and so you get to connect with people all over the world. It's called the e-commerce podcast. It is what it says on the tin. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's thing. kind of I obvious like it. what it's about. But no, I, I love doing that. Uh, we're, we're working on updating our online course. We did a course last year um, called the e-commerce masterclass. Mm-hmm. And we went through the six areas of e-commerce, which I talked about today, just deep dived into each of those areas. But we opened it up to people and we said, listen, uh, come along and join it because COVID had hit. And we were like, how can we help, you know, the guy down the road who has a little corner shop and, you know, his business is going to be decimated. How do we help that guy? And so we put this masterclass online and it was like, come along, we'll show you how to set up your business. You can put it online why don't you offer things like a click and collect delivery service for your local neighborhood or something, do you know what I mean? And, mm. and see, see what works there. So we had a bunch of local businesses coming along to that, which I absolutely Amazing. loved. And we're just about to re-record that. So that's coming up. So, yeah. And then I, as always, we have like at least 10 businesses that I'm thinking about starting <laughs> online <laughs> in my head at any one point in time. And are your current businesses, what are their websites for those? So yeah, there's Jersey Beach Company. There's a website called vegetology.com, which is a plant-based sort of supplements, food supplements. That's a great project to be involved with. It really is. I'm really enjoying that one. It just is a very much outside of my comfort zone. So I've had to learn a lot. Um, I learn, you know, I talk about is there high demand? Yes, there's very much high demand for sustainable yes. sort of plant-based nutrition. Yeah. Do I know a lot about it? Yeah, no, not really. Um, <laughs> have I learned a lot about it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really okay. have and i i drink my own kool-aid now for want of a better expression and so yeah i'm a big fan of taking my omega-3 and multivitamin every day Amazing. and just the stories behind it all and that's a I, i'm loving that i'm not going to lie we ship worldwide with that product so yeah ch- oh, check cool. that one out vegetology.com awesome and what's your coaching website mattedmondson.com so yeah if you want to reach out connect with me all my social media links, everything is on the website, mattedmondson.com. It'd be okay, great perfect. to connect. We'll just wrap up with a couple of fun hot seat questions. So just respond Uh-oh. like the first thing that comes to your mind. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I apologize ahead of time then. <laughs> <laughs> What's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine? Uh, work. Okay. Now that sounds really odd. Um, <laughs> I find that the first two hours of the day are for me the most productive productive times. Mm-hmm. And so I like to get up out of bed and just blitz creative work for about an hour to two hours before the interruptions, before the email, before all of that starts, because I know if I get that good chunk of stuff done, I'm I'm going to stay ahead. And so for me, that's one of the non-negotiables, as odd as it totally sounds. It frees <laughs> me up the rest of the day. To be no, fair. that totally makes sense. Some people work better in the morning, so I get it mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> If you had an extra thousand dollars that I gave you today f- for your business, what would you spend it on? Oh, that's a really good question. I'd take everyone that works for me out for dinner. Oh, that's so nice. 
Oh, we had somebody else on recently who said they would give their team a bonus. So I'm like, wow, I got the really nicest guests ever. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd be like Facebook ads. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I was working for myself, then yeah, I'd probably look at investing in ads or something, or maybe a Mac mini, you know, get yeah. a computer. But uh, no, no, I think the most important part of any business is your team. And yeah. so invest in the team wherever you can. That's true. And what's other than your own podcast, what is your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? I love Kerry Newhoff's podcast, his leadership podcast. Oh, it, I don't sure, know I, it's the one I listen to all the time. There's another podcast that's just come out, which I've fallen in love with by a chap called Ian Wright. Okay. Now, Ian Wright is, is well known in the UK. He's a, he's a football player or soccer player. And that's retired. And he's now a pundit on national television. So he's always doing commentary on football games. But he's done a podcast called Everyday People. I think that's what it's called. And he just interviews people that have the most amazing stories that you would never expect. And that is an extraordinary podcast. And so, yeah, I would highly recommend that. There's probably about 10 podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis. But um, Kerry Newhoff, always my go-to leadership podcast. And then... Yeah, Ian writes everyday people if you want okay. something a bit more unusual. Great. So we'll link up to those in the show notes. And lastly, like I know we just talked about your website, so we'll put those in the show notes. But where can people find you on social media if they want to connect and give you a follow and tag you on this podcast? Sure, that'd be great. Do that. It's Matt Edmondson. So if you go to Instagram forward slash Matt Edmondson, you'll find me. Twitter forward slash Matt Edmondson, although I rarely check Twitter. I have to be honest with you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> or you can go to facebook.com forward slash e-commerce podcast and I'll be there. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for your time, Matt. It's been a pleasure connecting with you. And I feel like I learned so much from this podcast and I know our audience is going to learn a lot as well. So I appreciate your time and yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you've been super kind. Thanks, Christine. I hope I I did the male of the species proud. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did a great job. (laughs) We will allow more men on the podcast now, for sure. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.